Hey everyone, welcome to another Boardside interview. Number two, today we're joined by What's Up Woody or Lewis, whatever you prefer. What's Woody, you know, what's the uh, the preferred uh, nomenclature? Uh, I suppose Woody is what most Woody? of my mates call me. Um, yeah, it's just, just Woody is the easiest way. Woody, there we go. Yeah, that's probably the way to go. It's, it's fairly simple. <laughs> nice to throw off the tongue. <laughs> yeah. So obviously a uh, fellow Twitch streamer, content creator, game reviewer like you know if i was looking up and i'm like you know what should i you know say you're a streamer or whatever there's a lot of stuff you do <laughs> I, I guess in your friends the indie game stuff i do um mm. but yeah i do i do some indie game stuff as well uh which a lot of people from the twitch community don't really know about or starting to learn a bit more about from my my discord um but yeah that's kind of where my content creation started and then i only been I've, actually two weeks time is my my streaming anniversary my first wow. one year streaming anniversary so coming out to that but yeah no I, I tried to dabble in lots of different things and it's, mm. it's opened up some really nice pathways for me so um yeah that's um it's always nice to to see when one content's appreciated but two when opportunities arise from from doing something you're passionate about yeah for sure i mean like it was kind of it was kind of cool like you know i knew you through gwent streaming um as a gwent streamer and then kind of as i like i click a link and then there'd be like oh there's another one to like something else he does and then you go there and there's another one it's just like a rabbit hole of like you know and suddenly i'm on like a you know an indie game review website and there's a podcast and it's, it's like well, where'd i get here it's cool though, man. it's really cool yeah no no it's cool it's, yeah it's um like i said it is where my passion started and i'm still i'm very passionate about indie games it's kind of what really partly got got, got me into like, like i said content creation but just uh gave me the confidence to stream like because mm. i was I'm quite a confident person but it's all good thing being a confident person speaking in front of 500 people but then I find it weird the other way around, sitting on your own in front of a camera and trying to be kind of, uh, not quirky, but you know I mean, confident. I find it completely different because there's nothing to bounce off and no one to react off. Yeah. So it kind of opened that way for me. But yeah, no, yeah. Well, I'm glad you found the indie game stuff. And, um, it's cool. Yeah, it's uh, another <laughs> thing I do. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get to it soon. Uh, I, I think we'll start at the start, though, with uh, TCGs. Like, you're obviously a big TCG guy. I meet you through Gwent, and I was on your Gwent podcast, and you're now streaming Mythgard. Um, so you're like a, a big TCG or CCG, I guess, depending on uh, what you want to call it. I mean, I, I think that comes down to age, if I'm being honest, because I always <laughs> refer to it as TCG. Mm. And all the, the younger ones, I know that it's CCG. And I'm like, is it? Like, but I, I'm used to, but when I was a kid, I never, like, I had so many Pokemon cards that I never I never knew how to play the game. I just traded them. So for me, it was always TCG. Um yeah, no, I've I've played not as long as some people. If you listen to these podcasts, normally you get people. I mean, I'm I'm 33, and most people my age probably turn around and go, "I've got 27 years' experience or something in CCGs," and <laughs> I I can't sit here and say that. Um, I've dabbled in lots of card games throughout, and uh, I'm just going to sound very cheesy and cliche, but honestly, one of the, the first card game that got me into strategic card games, I cannot lie, was Solitaire, and I'm wow. not talking like okay. I'm not talking Microsoft Solitaire. I'm talking like flat out i remember i was like on this uh holiday in spain with my um my family my mum taught me how to play solitaire pack of cards on my own and i was obsessed with just playing solitaire uh and then yeah i started realized that actually wait these cards can have pictures on them and then i can actually start doing all the other stuff so probably about the age of 15 i started dabbling in card games um most notable ones i, I played competitively was i played dragon ball super card game quite competitively in paper version uh, i used to travel around uh the uk and compete in competitions for that I played a little bit of Final Fantasy TCG, but I kind of, when I was really getting into that, that just died off in the UK. Uh, and then I play Paper Magic. I don't play tons of Paper Magic. I play it more casually. 
there's like this Tuesday night showdown in my local shop that I go along to and, and play mm. that. But then I kind of stemmed into the world and, and dabbled in Hearthstone. But my my first real commitment in digital TCGs, as I believe that as a term now, yeah, um, we'll call we'll take it. <laughs> was Gwent. Gwent was my first my first dive into it, and um, yeah, and I still love Gwent as much as. I get people pop on my streams and claim that I hate Gwent. I don't hate Gwent. <laughs> I still love Gwent. I still stand to this day. It has the best artwork in the game. Um, and yeah, and then now I move across to, to Mythgard. But mm. yeah, that's kind of a, a, a whirlwind wrap up of my shallow TCG experience. It but uh, doesn't, doesn't sound that shallow. <laughs> that's what you've been around <laughs> with like quite a few. Like, you know, if I was good to say that, I'd probably, say, you know, I really didn't play any paper cards. There's like a bit of Yu Gi Oh in there, but. Yeah, it sounds like you've you've been around with with card games. So I wouldn't call it shallow at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I play a lot of deck building games. I like um like one off deck building games because I'm at the age now where I mean I've, I've a family on the way and things like that. Mm. So having to commit like to to, to magic's fine because I can drop I don't know like fifty quid a month in magic and play it casually. Whereas like if I want to like when I was playing Dragon Ball Super competitively, we're talking I was, I was spending 150, 200 quid a month just to be Ooh. stay competitive. Yeah. And I just I just can't do that. Like when you got expendable cash, it's fine. So now when I can buy a, a game that's like 60, 70 quid, but everything comes in that one box and I can play it multiple times, like I that is completely my jam. Um I'm actually waiting on the or my friends getting on the first of November the Jaws deck building card game, and we're super hyped as in the shark. <laughs> yeah, as in the shark, as in one of you is Jaws playing a shark. deck as the shark, and the rest of you is like four three v one. And uh, I'm like super hyped for it. I'm like, this is gonna be so good. I can build, cool. build a deck as a fisherman to draw and kill a shark. This is brilliant. Such a, uh, this is a very novel idea. It sounds cool though. Yeah, no, it's it's good. But yeah, so I do play a lot of paper. I suppose is what my my short answer to that mm. one is there. And I I do enjoy paper. I enjoy the social aspect of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, going with Gwent, like you said, was your first like real like we'll call it digital digital card game. Was that just? <laughs> The fact that you wanted a digital card game, or like, you know, a lot of people are like, "Oh, I played The Witcher, and that's how I got onto Gwent, right?" So, I mean, I so I did play The Witcher and I played Gwent, but I there was a like a two year gap between me finishing The Witcher three and actually jumping into Gwent, uh, and I dabbled in lots of different ones. I really liked Gwent, and then there wasn't when I when Witcher three first finished, there wasn't a um, like an independent client for yeah. for Gwent. It was yeah. so I, I I really liked that, and and Gwent kind of opened my eyes up more to digital card games, I suppose. Uh, as in Gwent from Witcher 3. And I I tried Hearthstone and was just like, oh my God, I like this game is so well evolved already that I have no idea how I'm doing it. And it was just, mm. it was literally like swimming with sharks. Uh, so I, I kind of dabbled in lots. Um, the one of the ones I put, I say a lot of hours in, I put like 40 hours in, which kind of just to test it out was, was I suppose, a lot. It was Fable Legends. I don't know if anyone oh, remembers it's... Fable Legends. Mm, I remember the name, yeah. Yeah, so it was. I mean, I like the Fable Universe anyway, and that, that game was hands down broken. There was like two decks that just completely wrecked everything, uh, <laughs> and it never, it never got out of early access because they just didn't patch it well enough. Uh, I'd I, like dabbled in a tiny bit of Shadowverse. I think I played like five hours of Eternal, and I was like, no, this isn't for me. And I kind of jumped around a few, but mm. none of them really captivated me. I'm not a huge fan of the. And I don't want to offend anyone by saying this, but like the the kind of gimmicky cartoon visuals that everyone wants to like duplicate. No, no, not really. So, and I, I, I'm really against it. Like, I can there's a market for it, and I get why people do it. I just, I mean, and that's why when I saw Gwent, and I was like, oh wait a minute, there's an actual like 
independent Gwent game now. Mm. So I tried that, and then it was only that was only two weeks before Homecoming was about to drop, <laughs> and I uh, I jumped in and randomly on Mafius's streams. Like it was just the first person I saw on. I was like, oh cool, I jump on Mafius. I was talking to the guy like, oh, how do I get better at Gwent? And he was like, my best advice, mate, is probably just don't play the game for two weeks and start again in Homecoming because everything's changing. So that's what I've done. And I decided to stream as I've done it. And yeah, and I'm I'm glad I made that decision because mm. the, for lack of a better term, the, the visceral appearance of Gwent is what really appealed to me. I was like, this is like a mature card game. And yeah. it felt, it feels so unique. It still does. It's one of the most unique card games in terms of i don't know many other games apart from keyforge the paper version where you're not swinging at face you're looking mm. at building like power um and that's what really appeared to me appealed to me with gwent and uh i hope to return to the game in the future i really do mm. yeah that's what i kind of think about gwent too i often call it more of like a more of a strategy game than a card game like you're, you're playing with cards and there's the inherent you know nature of playing with cards but it is very strategic a lot more than a lot of other card games oh definitely like um i think the biggest thing with gwent is because you you don't have you're not top decking effectively well you are obviously top decking but in terms of you're not really top decking it's comes down so much to sequence of play and Mm. and knowing when to play the card and that's the difference between like a win and loss is just playing one card out of turn can easily cost you the game uh and that's what i really like how gwent can be punishing in that in that manner Mm. Well, you, you talked before about like how you you jumped into a, a Twitch stream, like you know, to as a lot of people do, I'm sure, to you know, learn about a new game and see what's going on. Was did you have the idea that you maybe wanted to you know, stream Gwent at that point, or not really? I, I've still been streaming a little bit of indie game stuff on mm. YouTube um, and kind of dabbling around with streaming, but not really publicizing it or promoting it because it was it was just bad. I was just kind of working out overlays, and I had to like. Three years ago, I didn't know. I didn't own a PC. I didn't know how to use Photoshop. I didn't know how to video edit. I didn't know anything. So, kind of getting into all that stuff anyway was was um, not complex. But when you were having a full time job and real life stuff going on, and you're trying to do this part time, um, I suppose it's it can be cumbersome in terms of like balancing your day to day life. And I found out with streaming as well. And it was only after watching Marfi stream that like, oh, was really cool. Chat to my friend who's a variety streamer, a really cool variety streamer, and. He was just like, oh, maybe you should stream it. Like, maybe that will, like, it'll be a great way for you to learn the game more and you can kind of connect with the community. And I was like, yeah, cool. Like, I, I didn't expect anyone to stop by. And the fact <laughs> that within, like, two or three months, I'd been made a partner and, and the fact that people were genuinely seeming to enjoy my streams was just very humbling, I suppose. Yeah. You're just like, wow, like, this is, it just takes you back. Um, and I think viewers don't realize how humbling it is sometimes as a streamer. Even if you just like a brand new streamer, if, when I had five people in chat and they were just talking, it was just like so humble. I'm like, people are staying here. This is crazy. <laughs> this is so good. I mean, you get other streamers who go, five people, are you, are you kidding? But honestly, like as a growing streamer new to it, it's you probably know yourself, don't you? Like, 100%, yeah. And it's so, I think that's maybe why people stick around. And I think that's why people probably enjoy your streams. I definitely enjoy your streams. And I said this just before we start recording, the fact that, it's been like amazing seeing you personally kind of grow as a streamer over the last three, four months. You're still as humble and you're still the same. Zay, there's not like people, yeah. there's other people, I'm going to mention names, who <laughs> are growing very drastically and all of a sudden don't bother with chat, ignore chat, like can be very single-minded like when it comes to opinions and that. But no, you seem, that, that's kind of, I 
I suppose that's why people enjoy your streams and, and come back to it. And hopefully, why people enjoy my stuff. Yeah, I think so. Like, you have a very clear, like, you know, like you like the 80s stuff, right? Like, there's a lot of, you know, like vibrant pink and purples, and there's like cool yeah. music, and you got the hair for it. And it's a, it's a very <laughs> cool vibe that you, that you put on. Where did that come from? Like, it's just stuff you like, or what did you just, have a, yeah, a set? I just, uh, I just, I mean, I had this question asked of me for me on a podcast literally about two weeks ago, like, why do I like the 80s so much? It is just a case case. Like, I was born 86, but I grew up all through the 90s. Like, yeah, I listened to 90s music, so I went to school discos and all that jazz. But at home, my, my mum would play um, Poison, she'd play Boston, like, she'd, uh, I mean, Clapton's more, you could argue, late 70s. But she'd play lots of ELO, like, lots of 80s stuff that I just loved. And I would be like, this is so cool. And as I kind of grew up, it just stuck with me. Um, and then I remember when my, uh, we're going back a while now, when my mum, one of my mum's close friends passed away and handed me over the like 80s vinyl collection. And I was like 17 at the time. and was just blown away. Like, didn't even know the vinyl player. It was just like, what? Look at this artwork. <laughs> I, I want to look like George Morrison on the front cover of this Wham album. Like, it's, it's so cool. Um, and it's kind of stuck with me. Um, I love 80. I mean, obviously, I like stuff outside the 80s, but mm. the aesthetic, the, the the music, the way movies could get away with anything in the 80s. Like, you, <laughs> you'd pick something and go, I've got this alien that's going to end up turning into a robot and he's going to make friends with this kid. And, like, the studios would go, yeah, it's great. It's a great film. Go ahead with it. Exactly. And, like, the 80s, <laughs> 80s movies, just they just carry that jankiness that makes them so lovable. And that's kind of what I suppose I love about the 80s. And, Mm. Yeah, I kind of went with the theme. And it was also advice from my friend who said about getting into streaming. He said, like, two main things are important. One, have an identity, and two, have a consistency. Mm. Uh, and he said, you love the 80s. Like, why not make it a theme? And then just make a schedule that you can stick to, even if it's just one day a week. And people, and then and don't just randomly just mix your schedule around, basically. So, yeah, yeah that's kind of where I went with there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very obvious. Like when you you know watch like one of your YouTube videos or a stream, it's like bam, <laughs> it's like 80s, and it's all <laughs> very consistent. It's very cool. It's a cool vibe. Oh, I'm glad you like it. Cheers, bud. Yeah, no, no my pleasure. So uh, you you mentioned before, like a bit briefly, you you kind of do you have like an indie review? How exactly you describe it? You, you cover indie games. Um, and I do. Yes, that was back in like 2016, right? So you've been doing that for longer than you've actually been streaming. Yes, it started in 2016, um, and I haven't been doing it long since I've been streaming. Um, I mean, there's various reasons why I started up the indie game content creation. The, um, the long short of it was, I I was playing these games. I was going to these events, and I was playing these games, and I was kind of looking for a way into the video game industry, not for like a, a full-time job, per se, just to kind of, just dabble in it, just kind of get into this industry that I've I've invested, I don't know, half my life in, probably, over the last over the last 33 years of, of playing some incredible experiences and and i have video games much like you probably do video game stories that stick with me stronger than movie stories sometimes yeah. and, and and moments that i've had on chat with people in that so i really wanted to get into this industry and and i was playing these games and it actually came off the back of a game that some people hate some people love called gone home i don't know if you've played it i have i've played a bit of it and i've, I've seen some of it yeah so i, I finished gone home uh, it's like a two-hour experience and I just remember putting the controller down, like I played on PlayStation, just being like, oh my God, that just like, wow. Like, how am I so affected by this game in two hours? Like, how how does this develop? And then I started Googling the developer and I was like, oh my God, okay, this is absolutely crazy. 
So I was like, I, I want people to find out about these games. Like I want, and I was going to places to find other games I've gone home. And I couldn't find anywhere. I was like, what, what similar games are there? And this is before we had um, the, the um, like what remains of Edith Finch. Before we had all these kind of narrative adventures slash walking sims, what you want to call them, starting to come out. And uh, uh, and I decided, I was like, do you know what? I'm going to start blogging. I'm just going to just write nonsense about these games. And hopefully, if it means one person goes and plays this game, I'm happy. Uh, and it started as a written blog. I started with as Wookie Woody uh, a long time back, which is a really bad name. Um, <laughs> but it was just Wookie Woody. Um, I'm a fan of Star Wars anyway. So yep. started that blogging. And then it actually got, I say successful. I was, I was getting enough hits on it and people were enjoying it. People will contact me and say, oh, is there a patron to support you? And I was like, really? Like, I'm just writing <laughs> nonsense about these games. Like, and people were like, I oh, would love some video content. And I was like, well, I, I don't know how to edit. I don't know how to film. I haven't got any capture stuff. So uh, it was my at time, my girlfriend, but now, now my wife's idea, just turned around and said, well, here's like 300 quid of our, our whatever savings. Just go invest what you need to and just, just learn it. And I did. And that's yeah. kind of where Indie Credible come from. I was like, I need to change this name. It's terrible. Um, and I can't remember, we came up with Indie Credible, me and my mate, we just kind of pissed around with stuff, and we were like, oh, it's Indie Credible. Uh, and yeah, so that kind of where Indie Credible stemmed from. We've had lots of, we tried lots of content over the, over the year, uh, over the years, and we now stick with, we have a weekly podcast about indie games. Um, we we have like a monthly video highlighting like releases, weekly release videos, and then reviews, uh, previews as and when we can. And we try to get some to like two events a year just to cover mm. the events and yeah, so um, that's just what we do. Just focus solely on indie games, and it is what gave me the confidence and uh, technical skills to get into streaming. That's mm, cool. It's it's really cool. It's like really cool. There's like good variety, you know. It's, it's not eggs in one basket kind of thing, but it's like a there's a wide net for indie games too. You can really find anything. Oh really. yeah, no, definitely. And, then, and you get something that comes out the, the woodwork, and you're like, what what is this? Like, <laughs> um, and it just blows you away. So um, yeah, yeah. Are there any particular games in the last, I guess, couple of years that have really, you know, like you said, blown you away? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely several that have that I'm like. There's one this year that has blew me away. It's Katana Zero. It's available mm. on PC, PS4, and Switch. I actually played it at an event in London back in February, and I finished the event going like on podcast, being like, "People have to be excited for this game. This game is incredible. Oh, it just looks like another." 2d pixelated side scrolling and i'm like that's exactly what it is but just bear with me like just trust me on this it feels it's hotline miami in 2d is, is my selling point for it and it came out i was lucky enough to get a key for it i reviewed it and i played for review i played the game seven times Ooh. i loved it that much i was like i can't stop playing this game i had other <laughs> games to review but i was like, god so katana zero um blew me away for both mechanically as a game and and the way it tells its story is very clever and it does this really troll-like thing towards the end and you're just like what <laughs> um and other games that that kind of stood out to me i mean there's, there's so many i'm gonna i'm gonna go with probably tacoma which was actually also made by fulbright who are the guys who made gone home mm. and tacoma is uh, like a narrative adventure game set aboard a space station where you have to kind of interact with ar um kind of um, personalities to find out what happened and why the spaceships closed down. And I thought it was a bit underrated. Um, what I love about those games is their uh, storytelling is quite pretentious, but I appreciate the way they go about it in terms of 
you can just follow the A to B storyline through and you'll probably understand 50% of the game. But you start looking at people's lockers and you find a code to then unlock another locker and you start finding books. I mean, you find out someone's had an affair because you found this letter in someone else's room and you married up. There's lots of kind of investigative skills that go along with it. And I always applaud devs who go, well, probably only 10% of the players who play this game are going to fully get the whole story. And I, I appreciate that because I'm one of those people who probably why I don't stream games other than CCGs, who uh, when you can go forwards, I'll always turn around and go backwards first. I'm like, I will search every nook and cranny of every corner <laughs> before I finish this level. Um, but yeah, but no, so they're, they're like games that stood out to me, but there's so many. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you sound like you really, you really like appreciate like a good story, right? Have you ever thought of, you know, maybe, I don't know, obviously like the thing about indie games is that anyone can make them, right? That's, that's the point. Have you ever thought about kind of dipping in I... yourself or... <laughs> I, I've dabbled in in devs because I wanted to. I feel like if I'm going to sit down and critique someone's life work, who someone's put life savings into and blood, sweat, and tears for four years, I need to have an appreciation of how hard this stuff to do. So last summer, I sat down and over the course of summer, I kind of plugged away at trying to learn game dev. And my God, it's hard. It is so hard. <laughs> like, Bonkers hard. I made a like it over the course of two weeks. I made a game where it's a playable game that people can play. It's yeah. just a ball that rolls around like a skate park and picks up collectibles. It has a HUD, it has a menu, it has a like a high score a high score screen. And I was so proud of that. And I was like, this game is trash, but I'm so proud <laughs> I made this game. And to see how they're far. Like solo devs, you must have heard of obviously Stardew Valley, was made by one guy. Mm. One guy made that game over five years. And I'm just like, how? Like, how do you? And like, even the 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 artwork in that isn't asset flipped in terms of it's repeated, but it wasn't an asset that he brought. He made the artwork and then just duplicates it. It's just like, my God. So I have dabbled in game dev. I it's not for me. I I just (laughs) haven't got the technical patience for it. Um, Mm. And dabbling in. I feel like if you want to make a game, it will be a case of you need to just sacrifice your life to that game for three years if you've got a full-time job as well. Yeah. I enjoy content creation too much, and I, that would just have to completely disappear if I wanted to make a game. Mm. That's something you could probably appreciate, right? Like, you you know, you uh, work full-time, you make all this YouTube stuff, you stream, like, you're obviously a, a super busy dude. Um, so, yeah, you can appreciate the time it would take to actually get something like that done. Oh. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and one of the nice things with, with Indie Credible is we get to go to studios and, and so many studios we go to, they're like, yeah, you can come along to the studio and play. It's just a guy's house. Like, it's not a studio, but he has to call it a studio. Yeah. And they sometimes have like a PO box for it just because it's a, like a class of a business address. And I turn up, I'm just in this guy's house, like literally in his basement, having a cup of coffee with this dude playing this game. And I'm like, this is so cool. But it's like, it's a game that ends up coming out and people blow up at it. And they're like, oh my God, this who is this made by? And I'm like, this is made by two guys in a basement because I've been around that house and played the game. So, um, but yeah, and you talk to them and they often will have sacrificed so much. Uh, and it's, it is very much, unfortunately, it's like hand-to-mouth living. It's, it's such a risk. It's such a gamble yeah. making these games because you, there is so much investment. And to actually publish a game just to PlayStation or Xbox, you're looking at you need 10 grand just to get your game onto those two platforms. Without a publisher, self-publishing it, like it's a gamble. If you don't make the game back, and I mean, if you do take a publisher, they're going to be taking at least forty percent of your profits after they've taken back the money they've already given you. It's yeah, indie dev is is a grueling business. People think they make a lot of money. God, the hell no, they don't. These guys are 
hand to mouth living. But I appreciate like the art and love they they put. Mm. I mean, I guess it's I would maybe not say easier now, but there are like you know with the the rise of um, you know a lot of you know like Steam and Gog and whoever yeah. Epic Games Store. Epic Games bad, you know, but it's a different story. Like this, uh, I don't want to I don't want to piss anyone off of this, and this is gonna. So by all means, cut this if you want. Like <laughs> I was, I was actually saying this in, in stream the other day because uh, people keep saying how oh, Epic Games, Epic Games are bad. But I, I spoke to devs who genuinely have saved their mortgage because of Epic Games. Like Epic have genuinely saved these guys, yeah. for lack of a better term, lives. Because uh, I'll go back to a big public one that a lot of people will know, so I can have reference to, which is the Ublitz one. You, you must have heard about it. Oh yeah, we heard about so, that. The big thing about the Ublitz one again and. The only thing that annoyed me about this was the lack of information that some big, do you first most press people, but big YouTubers were weren't giving people. Yeah, and that was yeah. the fact that um, so, Ublitz were actually they were tied with Double Fine, Double Fine, a master company, Tim Schafer's company. Yep. Double Fine are now on a Microsoft Xbox company. So Ublitz cut a hundred thousand pound publishing deal. To mean that they weren't going to end up on one platform being xbox because double find so they lost out on so much money the game was in Gwanda. they live in new york it's a husband and wife team just a husband and wife team making the game and they were basically going to go under they were really struggling and epic game store offered them the money with the idea that it would be exclusive and they had to take it like they simply had to take it yeah. a lot of people were ignoring the fact that they'd already turned down a hundred thousand pound deal to be tied just to one platform and this as they said like i interviewed them afterwards and they said that the way the way they saw it was it could still be on PC. Everyone on PC could still access the game mm. and it could still be on other platforms. So it was like I was really disheartened by some people's reaction to that because I was like, these guys are trying to live. Like These, these guys have put so much work in to this game and I've, I've watched their growth and I've interviewed them several times over the last four years. Uh, and I just was a little bit disheartened by seeing people's reactions to that because, and I do agree, Epic games are not a nice company they're horrible but epic games store and what it offers for indie devs has genuinely saved some people i got on really well really well with yeah yeah it's, it's an interesting situation eh? like i feel like the a lot of the like personality gets lost online right you it just becomes like yeah. the name of the game and that you know they've probably got a development name mm -hmm. you forget that there's people making these things you know and the same with like with epic you know like you're sure like paid they've got so much money they just chuck money at anyone to yeah. you know get exclusives yeah, yeah. and that's probably not the greatest business practice for a consumer but it, it's smart <laughs> yeah that's exactly it if, if i was to run a if i was to open a publishing business how would i beat my opponents well i would yeah. undercut them like this is just no way i do it i can't beat ea or i can't be activision but i can beat other companies how do i do it i just take less money from the devs mm -hmm. and then i'm undercutting them i'm going to get more more business and and like people want to hate it but it's, it, unfortunately we live in a business world like a business has to make money to succeed yeah you need the games um, right so that's how you do it and on the flip side of it having signed an epic game store i still think it's a trash ui of a store oh yeah um but <laughs> steam having competition for steam or Gorgon, it's only going to help them out like it's, it's only anytime another feature software has competition like imagine we have one ccg and no other ccgs would it be a balanced ccg hell no because no one would know how to balance it yeah, so exactly. having like competition is is only good in my in my opinion yeah no, i agree i think it's in the end it's, it's good for everyone it, maybe just the the way we get there might be you know a bit annoying for some people yeah but, i agree yeah, on that one yeah for sure i mean speaking of 
you know the extended competition of CCGs. We're to go back to uh, to Gwent and, and Mythgard a bit here, since yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like you said, you, you get people uh, in your stream saying, "Oh, you hate Gwent." It's like don't play, don't play Gwent. Must hate it, right? There's like there's nothing else. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Gwent. I can't refer to to much because Gwent's my first streaming community that I've connected with. Mm. So, but they they. It's the Gwent community are very diehard, and I appreciate that about them. They're very passionate about the game, and they should be because it's like it has so much lore around it. In terms of you got three incredible games behind it, you got six amazing, seven amazing books, six or seven amazing books behind it. So you've got all this. <laughs> so you got all this lore that they're taking from incredible artwork. The I like the. I mean, the premium cards on their own tell a story. It's like incredible. Okay. So yeah, they really are. Um, and I get why people are so passionate around around Gwent. Um, but it's just like sometimes you would stream and people just come in and we'll just put something in chat for literally no reason. I'm like, this is not benefiting you or me or whatever. But for the most part, the Gwent community transition over to my to me streaming <coughs> has been it's been really nice and, and again humbling because there's a few people who I, I played against in Gwent or or I connected with in Gwent streams who are now playing a little bit of Mythgard, but they're playing still quite very much focused on Gwent. Um, like uh, the Gravecrawler, I'll, I'll mention one streamer, like stops by my streams quite a lot and they're still much a Gwent player, but they also dabble in a little bit of, of Mythgard and stream with Mythgard. And um, yeah, it's just just nice. I just I, I just like card games, I suppose, is what I'm yeah. trying to say. Yeah. So I just chat card games and I've got no issue with chatting Gwent in a Mythgard stream. Like I, I'm not like, oh, we're not going to talk Gwent here because it's Mythgard. Like, chat about what you want it's it's free speech yeah exactly i mean it's for someone like uh you know the average person may not know much about Mythgard. i don't <laughs> claim to know much about it either like what what is it about it that like really really gets you like what made you play that instead of uh i don't know so i'll be honest when I, my first five hours of it i hated it i hated the game <laughs> um i was like oh, i don't like the lane mechanics i don't like this i was like i don't like the artwork i just i was i wasn't I went into it with a closed mind of I'll give this game a go, but Gwent's my game. Yep. And then I played five hours, didn't like the game. And then I it was when they it was the whole um fold test and uh, DJ meta. I, but I was like, I'm not I was like, I'm not playing Gwent this month. I just can't be yeah. bothered to play Gwent. Like I just I tried so hard and I was like, I've got two weeks left. I'm just gonna drop out Pro Ladder. I can't be asked, whatever. And I was Look at something else play, and it was um Noah, who's a fellow TRS teammate, was like, Oh, why don't you try Mythgard out? I was like, oh, I tried it, I didn't really like it last time. He was like, Oh, I'll do a little kind of stream thing with you. And I was like, Cool, brilliant. So we I dabbled in it. And then I think because I went in with a more open mind and I actually started to to try to learn the game rather than just play the game, I was like, Oh my god, like this is it's like the what gets me for Mythgard is the depth. It's like one mistake can cost you the whole game, and it is that punishing. Because the lane system, you see, you have like seven lanes on the board. You can unblock or attack the opposite three lanes, and the the way you you manage your resources because the the mana system, basically, the way it works is, let's say, I'm playing a, an orange green deck. If I burn a green card, I add one mana to my account to my bar, and I add a green gem to my bar. But then my yeah. the card card I burn goes back into my deck. So imagine, and it's 40 card decks. So it's basically playing Magic the Gathering with no land, and you can choose what card you're going to cycle back into your deck and gain that color land. That's gotcha. the best way I can describe it. So that's why people like that. I mean, that's a whole skill system, like understanding when and where to burn cards, 
what gems to burn and the depth kind of just kept going and i was like oh my god this like when i got into deck building and i was like there's there's so much versatility here with, with deck building and i'm not saying gwent's deck building is shallow but mm. what i found with gwent was especially on pro ladder you just play one of three maybe one of four decks or you lose MMR. That's just kind of how Gwent ended up feeling for me. <laughs> and maybe that's how other pro scenes, maybe I'm naive and I've like that's the only other pro scene by pro scene, I mean pro ladder yeah. I've I've been part of. Whereas in Mythgard, I'm currently like mid-gold. And I'm I the meta still changes like every week, and that's what I quite like about it. Mm. If you have an idea for a deck, the chances are you can make that deck work and it can go climb and 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 you can do well with it. So Diversity is there. Obviously, they've only got a core set. So as expansions come, there's there's always the hazardous chance that cards will go unbalanced, that the metas will jump out and, and stink and all that. So yeah, it's it's that's kind of what grabbed me in the fact that there was this versatility deck building, someone who loves building decks and and mm. re, like really weird and wonderful quirky decks. That's what kind of appealed to me with Mythgard more so than Gwent at the time. Right. Yeah. I mean you mentioned um a bit earlier before the stream that right now you're just feeling Gwent is a bit like for you a bit stale right like a bit yeah yeah so i still jump into it and i still play it like i don't know a couple of hours a, a fortnight maybe yeah i'll be sometimes when I'll, I'll just be like oh, do you know what? i don't want to do anything like if i play Mythgard, i find it stressful sometimes because mm. it's the game i'm trying to climb at whereas gwent i can jump in and i could I like if i win or lose i'm annoyed i'm not trying to aim to climb anywhere and i jump in and i'm like oh, i'm going to try and play around with this death wish deck or play on this and that and i just i just i yeah for some reason and i can't put my finger on it for me mm. personally and this is nothing against cdpr or against gwent as a game just me personally i just find gwent a little bit flat at the moment um mm. maybe it's because i've got nothing to work towards i i'm like being in a competitive scene when i was playing gwent i was competing regularly in leagues or i was competing regularly in weekend tournaments um there isn't anything at the moment in in gwent so maybe that's one thing that I'm I'm struggling to get motivated to play the game by, but just something for me, just it just feels a bit flat for me mm. at the moment, and that's kind of yeah, and that's just where I am with Gwent, I suppose. Are there any big things you'd like to see them like maybe like you said a bit earlier, like competition's great, right? Like different different yeah. CCGs and stuff they can kind of pull from each other and take the best from everything. Like are there some things in Mythgard you'd just be like, I'd love to see that in Gwent. Yes, so the feature is coming to me. Well, the feature's half there in Mythgard, and it's coming in january i believe uh, and that is guild tournaments which basically mean like so zade for example you could turn around and go cool i have like a zade discord we're going to run a zade tournament the devs are going to as a partner the devs are going to support you with some cash money prize money you're going to offer 50 quid to that and then your community can play a chilled out tournament with you and you can make up city rules of it you can only play vampire lists or and then they have an in-game spectate mode so like on your channel you can just cast the games live and spectate them live and things like that is like the Mythgard guys have come out and said that esports will be a thing but they want community tournaments to be at the forefront of their like mini competitive scene and then there will be a big esports scene but they want everyone to feel like they can have a competitive experience in Mythgard if they want to and that's something I feel like Gwent could be great in because like, the esports scene is such a, an elitist you're talking one percent of the player base is going to is going to qualify for an esports tournament and having the ability to to run these tournaments but like feels things like the lack of a spectate mode or even a replay mode i still find baffling in gwent i just i don't and the fact that they even show it 
at every time we watch Challenger. And I'm like, so it exists. Like, <laughs> Spectacular exists. You're using it now. Like, I don't get it. Like, why don't you put this in the game? It's made like, I don't want to pl- plug too much Mythgard stuff because I know some great people who listen to this, but there's a tournament coming this weekend for Mythgard, the first kind of big tournament. Mm. Um, and the, the second day, the top eight, is being casted by Flake and Lazertian on uh, 98.3 on Twitch. And they can do it. They can cast it live. Well, they can cast it on a two-minute delay because it has a live spectate mode in there. That's cool. This is for, like free marketing that the game's getting. Not even the, the devs haven't got to do anything about this. This is free marketing they're doing for the game. And people like stopping by and watching a competitive scene. Yeah, like if Gwen sure. had this in, this is free marketing for CDPR that I feel like they're missing out on. Like I'm just like I would love to have stopped by and go. Or imagine when you've competed in tournaments and you have like a 45 minute downtime between rounds, and you'll go, oh, I just go watch the casted matches. Mm. Like and it's just so much. I don't know. I I'm still baffled that that Gwen doesn't have. A spectate mode and it's more baffling that the bloody mode exists and it's not in the game <laughs> i just can't get my head around it i don't know why i'm sure there's reasons i'm sure there's reasons but i just don't understand why mm. it would be great to have like I, i'm my like main card game before Gwent was hearthstone and they have a spectator mode and it's like hearthstone yeah. is often made fun of for not really adding anything uh, from your expansions and ways to you know, <laughs> get money from you so it's, it's odd that Gwent would have a not have a feature that hearthstone does <laughs> Yeah, no, agreed, agreed. And just the replay mode, like sometimes I'll have dinner and if I'm about to play a session, I'll click on like Champions League, which is the top league in Mythgard, and I'll go watch three or four games from like the top, top players. Just go watch the replays and see how they play the deck that I'm playing. And I learned so much from that. It's just such an easy, well, I say it's an easy feature. I tried game dev and it's hard. So it's not an easy feature, but it It feels like, it feels like it should be done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I watched it when you were Mythgard videos actually earlier, and I saw you could just you could just go to like any game that had ever been played, right, and just like watch it. It saves your last hundred games. Hundred. It's like it's more than you'd ever need, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, completely. Um, because because I listen to a lot of eighty music, I use it. I had a really. I'll just kind of uh, log it, and then off stream, I'll just go back and use that in there, and I'll just say at the beginning of the video, this hasn't got any like. Uh, audio it's only got in-game audio because it's a replay however i want to show this game off because it uses deck room so i can just go grab that i can literally cherry pick the games and be like oh wait i haven't got a re-record gameplay this is brilliant like for a content creator it's amazing it is really nice that'd be that'd be nice to have it'd be nice to have a little bit uh well dude i'm sure we could talk about card games for like forever but uh, for yes. you know, yeah, yeah. not going on, uh, you know, late into the night, starting to get late here. It's morning for you, right? We're pretty much complete opposite, aren't we? It is, mate. Yeah, it's bang on ten in the morning for me. Yeah, ten p.m. for me. Mm. Also, <laughs> I've, 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 we've got this whole half an hour. We've not even spoke. I won't speak Asian on this. Uh, you're in New Zealand, right? Yeah. So big weekend. Yeah, well, kind of, because I work in like Pacific time, so I gotta you know play, you know, watch the rugby, but I'll be streaming in the day, so it'll be, you know, it'll be busy. <sighs> But, uh, England, New Zealand. Whew. Whew. What a game. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit concerned, honestly. I'm a bit worried. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I'm, I will, I'm, I'd rather play New Zealand than South Africa, just yeah. because how England, how England set up. I feel like England are very, very aggressive on the front line and on the gain line and are good at picking holes in the fence. South Africa don't really have many holes in the fence. Mm. Uh, New Zealand, I feel like the only place you could maybe question where they 
they are strong is potentially um, wide in defence. Like there's a few, three or four suspect players in there defensively. But if we give them the ball in hand, we lose. Simple as that. If we yeah. give you guys the ball, we we lose. So, I mean, yeah. I watched. Like, who did England play uh, in the quarterfinals? I can't Australia. Australia. That's right. I watched that game and they were playing like pretty well. Yeah, they played yeah, pretty yeah. good. Eddie Jones is good at tactically setting us up against whoever we're playing and and exploiting their weaknesses, knowing that Australia don't kick. Uh, so kicking the ball to them back into their twenty-two and mm. saying, "Fine, you just got to run the ball eighty yards." Simple as that. Like, if you want to win, you're going to run eighty yards. And they kept doing it, and Australia had no answer. Courtney Bill was useless with the boot, and and that won us the game. So you, it was good. What do you think the final is going to be? Not who do you want? Who do you think? Who do I think? Who do you think? <sighs> I honestly actually think, and this may be a little bit biased, but I do think England will beat Australia, uh, beat New Zealand. Okay. So I think I think it will be England Springbok final. I think Springboks are good. I think Wales are going to be calling the police for assault after the game against Springboks. Yeah, I'm not looking forward um, to it. It's, I would love <laughs> Wales to get to the finals, but yeah, I'm a bit, a bit concerned. It'll be interesting. But anyway, sorry, I'll take us on a tangent on a, on a rugby <laughs> subject. Sorry. No, I'm sure we could talk about that for a while as well. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. Well, dude, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, where, can, where can people find you? What's the, the best way to follow your stuff? Uh, just WhatsApp Woody, really. Um, on Twitch, on YouTube, on uh, Twitter. I mean, that's mostly the only places I really post stuff. Um, I do have Instagram, but I keep it more personal. And it's just yep. pictures of dogs anyway, so I won't worry about that. I mean, often um, that's just what people are looking for. <laughs> that's it. Dogs and food. That's just Instagram, isn't it? Yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, just what's up, Woody? Um, pretty much anywhere. And uh, yeah. Cool. Thank you awesome. very much for having me, buddy. Hey, uh, my pleasure, man. It was great talking. Chatting card games, indie games, content in general. Yeah, no, it was awesome. Thanks very much for coming on. And uh, thanks everyone for watching. And we'll see you next time. Bye.